Well, they're keeping me busy today. Keep me busy this weekend, because Friday we had a wedding, yesterday morning we had a funeral, and yesterday afternoon we had a wedding. So I feel like I'm kind of halfway through Christmas Eve right now. Because <laughs> that's six rounds, I think. I lose track. But um, when Pastor Nate asked me to do this, and I first said, well, okay, how's your organ playing skills? And of course, that was a no. And then he asked me, well, how's my baseball skills? And that's a no. So, um, so that was that. But um, so we kind of agreed on this, uh, on him doing the children's sermon today. And he was very nervous about that. But I thought he did a fine job. You know, you did just fine. You, you've got a nice voice, Nate. So before we begin, let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I wanted to share with you some, some background as to how I ended up here, or ended up doing what I do. I've been doing this for 40 years now. It's hard to believe that one, um, but yes. And this is the first time in those 40 years that I've been asked to talk, <laughs> at least from here. Um, so that's a bit daunting, um, but I figured, well, if I get an invitation, if the next invitation comes 40 years from now, um, you can either come to Presbyterian Village or you can come to Quakertown, New Jersey, to the Locust Grove Cemetery, where I'll be with my folks. Hopefully, well, I'll be a hundred and something by then, I don't know. That's a long time off. But, um, our, the lesson that I chose today, um, in addition to the psalm, that line from the, the verse from um, Paul's letter to the Corinthians, I will sing with the spirit and with the understanding also. Now you've heard that, that text sung by our boy choir many, many times. It's one of our staple pieces, and for good reason. Um, it's the motto of the Royal School of Church Music. Um, it's the grounding for all of us who serve as church musicians throughout the world, and it's also not just for choirs, it's the grounding for congregations as they go about their, about their worship and, and service lives. God calls us to sing both with our hearts and with our intellects. They aren't um, two separate entities, but they both keep each other in check. That first spark for me happened when I was six years old. It was a winter day, and I was home sick from school, as I was quite a bit, actually. I had this throat thing that would never go away. Um, it was a winter day, and it was a very exciting day because that was the day our piano arrived. You know, back then, everybody had a piano. Everybody took piano lessons. It was just what you did. And it was the center of everybody's home, and it was the center of our living room. I was so excited. I was relegated, however, to the sofa, because I was sick. So the piano arrived in the living room, and I didn't stay on the sofa very long. I found my way to the piano bench, and it was just like Christmas morning. I found, I kind of fumbled around a little bit, and then, then I found the note in the middle of the keyboard, middle C. That just started playing that over and over again. And I thought, well, that's cool. And um, then I found the notes above it, E and G. And I played them separately, and then I figured out you can play them all together, and you have a chord. So I started doing that for a while. And then I found 
the same notes in my left hand. And I started going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, C, 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 C. And in that moment, I really kind of felt I heard the voice of God. It was wonderful. I, a light came on, a door opened, my heart leapt, my intellect leapt. It was like, wow, this is the best thing. I also heard the voice of my mother. She was in the kitchen, and she said, I thought you were sick, which meant I was going to school the next day. <laughs> but still, I played a little bit longer, and then I, got, and I listened to my mom and got back on the sofa. But in that chord, I just heard a whole new world. I heard melody and harmony. I had to wait a year, though, because the, we got the piano from my brother, and we had to give him a head start. That was the longest year. I couldn't wait. But a year later, I got to start piano lessons with our church organist, who I just, at the, when I was a kid, thought she was the queen of the organ. You know, she, uh, going to church, hearing her play, I learned a lot about organs since then. I learned that you use both feet, not just your left foot going back and forth, as um, some organists uh, you know, of that level do. But still, uh, she just opened. I just couldn't wait to start piano lessons with her. And once I did, it was heaven. So I discovered melodies and harmonies and rhythms and how pieces were organized and moods and everything, and all speaking to my spirit and my intellect, working in together. Um, coupled with all that with, was our church, our little country church. It, was, it could fit inside a, a part of this building here. Um, it was a farmer church. It was the cornerstone of our community, and every Sunday we were there. At 9.45 was Sunday school, and 11 o'clock was church. And if, you had to be deathly sick, but not to be there, because that was the time you checked in with everybody. We could hear the church bell from our house. It went off at 9.30, and that was usually the, that was the signal. If we weren't ready, we would hear mother speak again, you know, saying, get together, we gotta get in the car. But, so we got to Sunday school at 9.45, and that was fine, you know, I kind of looked forward to spraying the macaroni and gluing it on and, you know, with gold paint and all that type of thing, and pretending we were the three kings and that type of thing. But the best part for me was 11 o'clock was going to church. And we were there the whole time, all of us kids, sat in the second pew in the back on the left, behind my grandmother. And there was just something about that drama that was unfolding. It was like watching a play. It was a, we were participating, um, we were listening, we were taking in all these sights and sounds, and, and it was just mystifying. We had a processional hymn and a recessional hymn, and the ushers would parade down the aisle with the offering. I, I just loved it. Singing the Gloria Patri every week, the doxology, that was just like the big mountaintop moments. We had all these things memorized. And the hymns, it was just great. Um, I was also intrigued by the texts, not, of, not only the hymns, but of things like the Apostles' Creed, which we did every week, and how all of, those, all of its contents, I didn't understand initially, but gradually they all coalesced. I love the big words. Pontius Pilate, that just feels so good on the tongue. Pontius Pilate, what is a Pontius Pilate? Is it a kind of war pilot or something? I hadn't a clue, but I thought it was great. Remember, the quick and the dead in the old translation. What's a quick? I know, it was Mrs. Quick who sat two rows in front of my grandmother and was one of my grandmother's best friends. 
She was quite elderly, and she definitely wasn't quick anymore. But still, all these things latched onto my brain, and they were the stones that were gradually coming, finding themselves and coming together and giving me a grounding for my faith and for what I was about, to, what going to do in my life. Uh, my spirit sang and my intellect was stimulated. When it came time for the sermon, you know, that's the long haul and I hope I haven't lost you yet. Um, but um, you know, as a little kid, you're just kind of looking around. Well, I'd like to do two things during the sermon. One was to look at the stained glass windows and see all the images in, in them. You know, the symbols and wondered what they meant and who thought of them and all that type of thing. The one near my grandmother was a, was a, was a gate of heaven. And I thought, well, that's really cool because this where we are right now is kind of a gate to heaven. The other, th and, and in the front of our church, we had this window of Jesus holding out his hands like this welcoming and also gesturing to the altar that was down beneath him and I just thought that was the most beautiful stained glass window in the world um, now once the top part of the window the glass became warped so we had they took it out to get fixed so one Sunday I went we went in there and it was like this for a few week, few months actually and we had the headless Jesus <laughs> you know his head was gone oh my gosh and I, so whenever, and my brother said, oh, you, we should be singing, oh, sacred head now wounded during those months. So, you know, but that stuck in my head, you know, and now every Good Friday, when we're getting in that solemn moment of, you know, Christ's passion and death, and we start singing, oh, sacred head, I always have this flash in my brain of that headless Jesus. But there was kind of something about that, you know, like Jesus kind of suffered. That window suffered, you know. I always think of it when I look at the window in this, above our altar, you know, of Jesus. These connections with childhood that spark your soul and spark your spirit. Um, when I wasn't looking at the windows, I was leafing through the hymn book. And I was just intrigued by how it was organized. Had all the, they were organized with headings. Advent and nativity. What's a nativity? It didn't say birth, it just said nativity. I thought that was cool. Lent and Passion Tide. Mm. Discipleship and service. Didn't have a clue as a little kid, but as we went through the years and sank through the sections, it all started to coalesce like it did with that creed. And they all started to make some sense. And they all started to dig deep into my, and root themselves and binding us all together. Another thing that I found intriguing in looking at the hymn book were discovering the names of the composers and the authors. The composers are on the right, the authors are on the left. Ask any chorister, they're supposed to know that. I noticed they had dates next to their names. And I thought, your years always had four numbers. But then some of them had only three, and I thought, well, what, they're missing a number? Then I realized, no, they lived a long, long time ago. And then I put it together that, well, the church has been up here for a long, long time. Hmm, we're pretty deeply rooted in this. So then I thought, wow, we're just kind of a little speck on the continuum here. And we've been given something wonderful that's been passed on to us. How are we going to pass that on? What's stimulating in our hearts and spirits? So, okay, the other thing that I love was communion. First Sunday of the month, you know, rain or shine. First hymn was always, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty. 
I get choked up thinking about that because that's where I learned the hymn. That's why we sang it today. I loved watching Pastor and the lay leader up at the altar, and it was covered with this beautiful white linen cloth. And I thought, there's something really holy and mystical about what's going on. You know, and it's not just how that meal is going to bind us together, but there was Jesus with his arms stretched down, giving us, giving us himself, connecting us to eternity. It's pretty awesome. And I thought, wow, we're not in chronological time. We're in Kairos time. Eternity. Speaking of eternity, the other thing that really struck a chord with me, C major chords a lot of times, was our organ. We didn't have a pipe organ, big grand thing like we have here. It was just a little electric organ. I was fascinated by how it not only supported the congregation, and because of its different sounds, could color words and texts and, and melodies. But how, because you, hold, you can hold that chord as long as you want, that was a little glimpse of eternity right there, of a, of a kairos, an eternal time, not just chronological time. I couldn't wait to begin playing organ lessons. Of course, your legs have to get long enough to do so. But I took or I started the organ, and then one thing led to another, and I got was in high school, trying to figure out how to put all this together. And another epiphany moment was when my brother was in college, and he joined the choir at Doylestown Presbyterian Church. And that was like going to, I don't know, St. John of the Divine in New York. It was big cathedral-type church. It had a beautiful choir, a wonderful organ, and they had a full-time minister of music. So Christmas Eve, he was singing the late service, so in the car we went, and I heard this service that just blew me out of the water. The lights got low, the choir sang, we sang Silent Night, lifted the candles up, the organ swelled. I was blown away, and I thought, here we are. Okay, I can do this. I have to convince my father that he can make a full-time living out of this, but that'll work. So I went to, off I went to Westminster Choir College, where they had the largest church music program in the country, in the world at the time, largest organ department, and got into the rhythm of, rhythm of it all. Four years, student church, went at it like a house of fire. Got my first full-time job, and I, my goodness, these shoes are really big, I've discovered. What am I gonna do? And I tripped a little bit, you know, I got crazy with choirs. I think I had 12 choirs going at one point. I didn't sleep, but you know, in your 20s you don't sleep. Um, but all of that, I just kept finding these chords and these portals to eternity, and I thought, I just can't get enough. Fast forward, okay, 21 years ago, I drove up this driveway, drove down this driveway, actually. We were, traffic was going the other direction then. It was a winter night. I thought of that piano coming on that winter day, and I saw the kirk, and I laughed. <laughs> this is a far cry from that little country church. But um, I thought, I'm never going to get this job. Well, 21 years later, and you know, here we are. And in those 21 years, over you know, 20 permanent, interim, associate, stated supply clergy, I've seen it all, lived through it all. We've wrestled with a lot. You know, we've tried to listen to God's call um, of how to respond in this world, how to grow this place. There's been lots of winds that have blown through here, through our culture, through our world. 
Um, but through it all, kept playing those C major chords. Did you notice the prelude was in C major today? Did you notice, the, you'll probably notice the, la the closing voluntaries in C major. But through all of that, um, people coming and going, um, hopefully um, with all the choristers and the hymns we've sung, we've been listening, not to our own voices, but to the voice of God, to listening to, in prayerful discernment about everything we do, about how we worship, gather, you name it, how we serve in the world in utmost humility, not Real, not thinking it meaning about ourselves, but something far greater, that we're a pastoral witnessing community, that everything comes from what we do here as a worshiping community, whether here or here or here. Um, as, and that whenever we gather in a meeting room, that's secondary. It's this moment right here where we connect with eternity. We listen again to the story. We keep the story going with our kids. Um, knowing when to say yes and no to things that come along. It's hard work, I know it, because there's always challenges I'm dealing with as a director. People say, sometimes say, what do you do? And I say, oh, you just play the hymns on Sunday. You have no idea. I wish I just had time to practice those hymns. And those shoes have gotten really big at times, and they've carried us and me through lots of valleys and over mountaintops. Haven't tripped as much, well, I've probably tripped more than I would like to admit. But that's always the challenge, you know. But we keep coming back. But through all that, you know, we are, we see the stars. We see the wonder of God's creation, uneclipsed by, by the surface light that gets in the way. And I hope in some way that every chord that I've played here does that with the kids. I think of kids who go off, you know, off into life, and some, you know, they just... Fortunately, by God's grace, it's pretty easy. For some, it's hard. I remember one kid who came back to me and said, I was in Iraq, and that song stayed with me because I saw evil. It's what we do here, plant those seeds through the regular rhythm. So my prayer is that we always not let the blinding lights of this fleeting world eclipse us here in what we do, and that it's not going to be another 40 years, folks, though. <laughs> Because I'll tell you, when I get to the end of Wednesday, I'm pooped. <laughs> but still, that, those stars sprang from that C major chord on that cold winter day. And that sound was the entrance to heaven. So, as we climb the ladder of life to our heavenly home, may the C major chords of our lives be on those rungs as we gather around that heavenly banquet table, that eternal moment that, we first, that I was first introduced to me that first Sunday of the month with holy, holy, holy. It'll be a great feast where our, our spirits and our intellects will all be working in tandem, not trying to work against each other, but as a whole. So let us pray. Bless, O Lord, us thy servants who minister in thy temple. Grant that what we sing with our lips we may believe in our hearts, and what we believe in our hearts we may show forth in our lives. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen.